Hello, welcome to Sideline Story, a podcast all about sports and sports stories behind the scene. I'm Yang Guan, and joining us here are Brandon Gates and Fu Yu. The FIFA World Cup qualifiers are almost over, with 29 of the 32 spots now confirmed for Qatar 2022. There are some surprising rounds, like giant killer North Macedonia's performances in the playoffs, Canada's return to the World Cup. As well as some disappointing outcomes like Italy's absence and Egypt's failures. Today we will find out the winners and the losers on the team's road to Qatar and look ahead to football's showpiece event this winter. Stay tuned. Okay, the United States and Mexico became the latest two teams to book tickets to this year's World Cup in Qatar from the Concacaf qualifying group. Now we have 29 teams in football's showpiece tournament. Brandon, which of the 29 teams is the biggest surprise to you? To be honest, from my perspective, there's not too many surprises. I suppose you can look at the likes of maybe Ecuador in South America, or perhaps、mm-hmm. you know the likes of Saudi Arabia, or、um, you know a, a couple of other nations that aren't exactly known for their footballing prowess. I think, like you were mentioning earlier, I think most of the surprises come from the teams that didn't qualify. So, for example, the likes of Italy、um, and Egypt. You know, overall, I think most of the teams that have qualified have pretty strong squads and a lot of talented players,、um, particularly you know from、uh, Europe, South America, etc. Mm-hmm. For you, any unfamiliar names on the qualifiers list? Yeah, I have to admit that I wasn't expecting to see Canada among the teams that have qualified, and they were the first team in North America to do so.、Um, as we know, football is not very popular in that part of the world, and the Canadian team has not appeared in the World Cup for 36 years.、Um, as a Chinese person who's waited for over 20 years to see her national team in the World Cup again, and I'm still waiting, I. I can imagine how elated fans of Canada will be about the team making another appearance.、Um, they don't have superstars on the team, except maybe for Alfonso Davies. Of course, I'm familiar with him because he plays for my favorite club,、mm. Bayern Munich. He leads a team that showed resilience. During the qualifiers, defeating the United States and Mexico during the campaign, which the United States and Mexico happen to be the co-hosts of the next World Cup, along with Canada. Yeah, I have to admit it. I haven't followed this Canadian team, but、um, if someone told me one year earlier that he thought Canada would reach the World Cup finals, I would have my、um, eyebrows raised. Um, Canada, it's、um, it's a name so rarely seen in the football world.、Mm. Their last appearance in the World Cup <clears throat> was still in 1986, and I was not born yet. <laughs> and the reason they could reach the finals that year is that host Mexico was not in the qualification,、um, similar to the scenario where China made it into the World Cup in 2002 when hosts Japan and South Korea. Were absent from the qualification round.、Um, however, look at Canada now. They topped the Concacaf group to progress to Qatar. They played、um, recent qualifiers without their biggest star, as you、uh, 
um, before you mentioned Alfonso Davies. It seems like suddenly、um, Canada rose from nowhere and qualified. Brandon, any clue what happened to them? I must say, from that perspective, I have no idea. Like、um, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, where I、mm-hmm. haven't been following their progression whatsoever, and the only and the only player that I recognised was Bayern Munich's Alfonso Davies, like you mentioned earlier. So. Yeah, and he's a relatively young star, but he is recognised as one of those players that's going to be one of the best in the world in his position or overall in the future.、Um, so maybe there's just a, a good period in Canada, Canada right now where there's、mm-hmm. just a lot of talented players coming through, or maybe they just you know have a good development system and there's some you know talented youngsters、uh, coming through the ranks. So it is a remarkable story, and it'll be very interesting to see how they perform at the finals. Yeah. We've always talked about、um, how football is gaining popularity in the U.S., but、um, it seems like now Canada has been quietly growing in the sports. Well, Canada is set to return to the World Cup after long time absence. Some regular turn-ups will miss Qatar 2022. Italy, Sweden, and Chile will not be at the World Cup this winter. High expectations like Egypt and Colombia. Also failed. The absence of these nations also means some of the football superstars will not be seen in Qatar. Which of those stars would you miss the most at the World Cup?、Uh, first of all, I'll always feel like an outsider without the Chinese squad in the World <laughs> Cup.、Um, although, given their performance in the most recent qualification campaign, even if they beat all the odds and make it into Qatar, there's little expectation for them making it any further beyond the groups.、Um, I certainly hope we don't have to wait for 36 years like Canada did to play <laughs> in the World Cup again. And apart from the national team of my country, I'll also be reminded of the absence of Chile and many. Of its stars that were born out of the golden generation, the major players of the Copa America winning squad are all getting older, and、uh, they will very likely not have another chance at a World Cup. So I think is an extremely sad way for them to say goodbye. Uh, from my perspective, I think Mo Salah of Egypt. I think he's one of the best players in the world、mm-hmm. at the moment, and I think he's going to be a massive miss、um, from the World Cup. I think a couple of stars from Italy,、um, you know, that we've seen performing at many previous World Cups, and I think one or two that have actually won the World Cup before. I think Giorgio Chiellini is a World Cup winner, if I'm not mistaken. So I think.、Um, Italy, just as a team, I think will be hugely missed because they normally produce some very iconic moments、um, at World Cups that we've seen in the past.、Um, but just in terms of one player that really comes to mind that will definitely be missed is, is Mo Salah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、um, it's quite a shame to watch a football showpiece event without one of the best、uh, players at the current stage.、Um, well. China again fell short in the Asian qualification group. It triggered some Chinese fans' complaints about、uh, how few the sports from the Asian zone for World Cup are. Asia now has 4.5 spots, the same with South America. However, Asia has 40 teams competing, while South America only 10. Fans argue that Asia should be given more World Cup berths.、Um, Brandon, what do you think? I think, like you said, the amount of nations competing, also just the amount of 
you know, unbelievable support um, coming from the Asian continent. I think that um, they definitely deserve more teams at the World Cup. Unfortunately, it's a bit too late now. But if I'm not mistaken, um, for the next World Cup, it's increasing from four to eight, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, uh, you know, an, an 100% increase. So I think that's, you know, a quite exciting um, for the future and also just for young players from Asian nations that are hoping to represent their national team in the future and show off their skills in the world stage. So it does look like it is going to improve in the future. But I think at this point, if we look at the the here and now, I think that the amount of um, teams that are representing Asia at this World Cup, particularly considering, you know, that it is being hosted very close to Asia, um, you know, in the Middle Eastern nation Mm -hmm. of Qatar. I think that um, the amount of Asian nations that are being represented there is, you know, a bit too few. Yeah. Um, If you look at the numbers, yes, Asia have 40 teams competing but um, if you look at the competitiveness of these teams, uh, like the top teams of from Asia, Japan, South Korea, Saudi Arabia, Iran, um, including the um, the host nation of Qatar, uh, their competitiveness from the previous editions of the World Cups are not comparable to the powerhouses from South America, even Uruguay and Paraguay not even mentioning Brazil and Argentina. So some would argue that um, if, you, if you look at the competitiveness of the teams, um, South America deserve 4.5 spots for the World no, Cup. No, I, I, I do t- I tend to understand that argument. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think when we're thinking of a World Cup, we need to see it as a global tournament. You know, it's mm-hmm. the same as something like the Olympics where... Yes, there's, you know, certain nations that will be sending athletes to the Olympics that have qualified that are not going to be, you know, super competitive or performing at a high level. But if we really want to see a truly global tournament, I think that it is important that we see a more equal distribution of teams across the continents just so that it makes the World Cup more of a global event. And also, you know, in terms of it's also a fan, it's a fan's event. You know, this is something that Mm -hmm. everyone around the world wants to see and they want to see their nations being represented on the highest stage. So I think that's the notion of nations having more representation from their continents on the global stage. I think it's very important because I think it is very important for us to see a more equal representation of continents on the global stage, regardless of their competitiveness. Um, I think that's that's an incredibly important uh, case to keep in mind going into the future. Yeah, so there are some controversies <coughs> in it. Uh, well, these arguments may disappear in the 2026 World Cup, as then we will have 48 teams in the finals. The qualification berths will at least be doubled, um, as Brendan mentioned, and teams like... China and South Africa maybe uh, may have some more chances of reaching the tournament. Um, in this sense, it's kind of good news for fans in these countries. But for a for a football fan in general, would the forty eight team event reduce the fun? Um, would it be less exciting to watch? Um, it's an issue brought forward all the time. Um, Brandon, do you look forward to the forty eight team for World Cup? Yeah, I do. You know, I think that it's going to be very exciting to see um, teams that wouldn't have necessarily had the chance to qualify in the past, you know, being represented um, on such a massive stage. And it's I think it's going to have a massive boost in terms of the 
the viewership and the support of the World Cup, not that they you know needed needed it. I mean, the viewership of the World Cup is always massive. Um, but mm-hmm. I just think in terms of football going out of its way to make fans happy and make it more of an experience for an inclusive experience um, for you know so-called smaller nations around the world. I think it's going to be very exciting for those nations to um, see potentially see their teams at the next World Cup. So it'll be interesting. I mean, it's a lot of teams. It's going to be a lot of games. It's going to be something new that we haven't really seen before. But I think just looking at the positives, I think the fact that so many more teams are going to have the opportunity to, you know, represent their nation at the World Cup, I think that can only be a positive thing. So, yes, football purists might see it as, you know, too many teams or not competitive enough. But I think if we're just looking at fans all over the world and making people happy and increasing inclusivity, I think that it is a positive step forward. So it'll be very interesting to see how it turns out. Yeah, I myself are looking forward to China's qualification for the World Cup, if there are 48 teams, I would say the chances would be bigger for China. I might be the only one who's not super looking forward to it. I'm actually very torn about this because there is a part of me that's looking forward to the expanded World Cup because that means bigger chances for China to qualify, Mm. like you mentioned. And uh, there will also be more games to watch. But to be honest, I'm not sure if those um, additional games and extra teams are as enjoyable to watch as the uh, World Cup in its original format. And also there there are commercial reasons behind the expansion and I'm not sure if that's necessarily good for the competition itself because mm-hmm. football uh, at least on the World Cup stage is still a competitive sport and I hope money, fame or whatever is involved won't affect the competitive nature of this glamorous sport. Um, I really don't want a World Cup that that expanded just for expansion's sake. So I hope the 48-team tournament in 2026 will surprise us. And um, another question I would put there is that um, it must be a huge um, test or challenge for the host nation to receive 48 teams at the same time it must be a really big test Um, well the recent qualifiers and uh, the international friendlies have offered us a glimpse of the lineups of the some of the powerhouses and their strengths it's also a good time for them to test the squads after the qualification missions are over for example germany and netherlands played an entertaining match lately in a one or draw. Other powers like um, France, Brazil, England and Belgium also displayed good performances with comfortable victories these days during this international break. Well, I know it's still too early to make the predictions. The World Cup is seven months away, but um, based on the national team's recent performances, who would you think are the major title contenders for the World Cup this winter for you? I think France, not only because they are the defending champions, but also the pillars of that World Cup winning squad from four years ago are still in their prime. Mm-hmm. And a few replacements they've made during the qualifiers are only better. 
Um, another reason is because of their bench strength. They have so many good players on the bench that I think they will have a rather easy campaign in the early stages of the Qatar World Cup、uh, because they'll have more flexibility to rotate the squad.、Mm-hmm. It's really, if you ask me, it's really their title to lose. Um, I was expecting some like three to four names from you, but you just narrowed down to just one. <laughs> Good job. Yeah,、uh, the other all the other teams can compete for second place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. France, the defending champion, they seem like unstoppable right now with so many stars on the team, and、um, Deschamps just made it. Glow together with different pieces of fine pieces. Actually, I agree. France would be a bad favorite, but、um, since I'm a big Bayern Munich fan, I've been following Germany at major tournaments. I would give one vote for Germany.、Um, Germany has been experiencing some low periods、um, since winning the World Cup in 2014 for the last three big events.、Um, Euro 2016, the Russian World Cup, and Euro 2020, they've struggled and、uh, were sort of lost.、Um, but this time in Qatar, I would say we will see the resurgence of Germany.、Um, the biggest change came from the managerial switch from Joachim Löw to Hansi Flick.、Um, Flick is more like、um, a coach with a, a modern style. He focuses on speed rather than. Obsession of ball possession. When when he came to the German national team, I knew、um, they are great match.、Um, Germany has talented players with great disciplines to execute the tactics of the coach, and I would say、um, Germany has a great chance of making things right again and、um, at least breaking into the semi-finals. Brendan, any teams you would say have a chance to challenge France? You know, Fuyu made some very good points there, and I actually I back her confidence because, like <laughs> she said, you know, most of the stars from the previous World Cup win were so young、um, that they're kind of coming into their prime now. You look at the likes of Kylian Mbappe,、uh, Paul Pogba, Raphael Varane.、Mm-hmm. You know, that spine of the fr- French team is still in their mid to late twenties, so I think that they've got a lot of experience and a lot of talent. Um, in that French squad, that's probably even stronger now than it was at the 2018 World Cup. So I, th- I tend to agree. I think France will be very, very challenging to beat. I think you know one thing to be concerned about with France is that you ha- have to hope that the team morale is still quite high because at previous、mm-hmm. World Cups, I think back to 2010 in South Africa, they have had some off the field issues in the past, even though they've had squads of unbelievable talent. So I think、mm-hmm. if they can keep the squad. Happy and the coaching staff happy, <laughs> and they stick to their goals for the World Cup. I think they will be very difficult to stop, and I think for this World Cup, squad depth is going to be extremely important. So if I think of squads that have a lot of depth, I think of England, I think of Brazil. You know, those are the two that really come out in my mind. And then you know, teams that have not necessarily a lot of depth but have a really strong starting eleven and bench. And even though they did struggle to qualify, I think Portugal, by the time they get to the World Cup,、mm. I think they could be very, very difficult to stop because they've also got an incredibly strong spine. If you look at Cristiano Ronaldo up front, the likes of Bruno Fernandes、um, in midfield, and then Manchester City's Ruben Dias in defence, 
you know, Portugal could possibly be one of the surprise packages. But just if I had to pick one team, I have to go with Fuyu and also say France, just because they are the defending champions. The majority of their stars are still there and still in their prime. They're not even on a downward t- uh, trajectory. They're still playing at a very, very high level and they're still relatively young. And they've got a lot of youngsters coming through. Mm-hmm. After the crash from the Euro 2020, I believe they are also looking for the bounce back. Um, well, Qatar 2022 will be the first World Cup to be held in winter. Of course, we are talking about the winter for the Global North. For fans like Brandon, it will be a rare World Cup in summer. FIFA decided to host the Qatar World Cup in November and December to avoid the intense heat of the Middle East summer. Fans will have to wait longer than usual to experience the passion of the biggest football events. Um, what differences will you expect in a World Cup in winter, Brendan? Um, you know, I just think it's the, the the massive difference it's going to be is for, you know, obviously fans around the world. I think they're going to be, you know, it's going to be strange for them to be watching it at a different date and, you know, different times and that kind of thing. Um, for the players and the teams and the coaching staff of the World Cup, I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be a huge adjustment for them. I think that, yeah. you know, they're, play, they're, playing, they're playing in a nation that is, you know, that does record extremely high temperatures. So I think the fact that they are going to play in months where it's, less challenging in terms of the heat i think that's going to benefit the 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 teams and everything like that so i think it'll be interesting to see how it affects performances on the field and you know how the teams have prepared for a world cup that you know isn't staged during a time that we're used to so i think you know in terms of where we stand right now i don't see that many differences at this point but i think if there are going to be any challenges or differences or things to get used to i think we'll only actually see it when the tournament begins Mm -hmm. Right, I guess influences will be on different levels. First, um, the football calendar will be impacted. Mm. Uh, top European leagues will have to reschedule their matches in the winter. South American, Asian club competitions have to make ways for the World Cup. Um, but more importantly, a World Cup in winter will have big impact on players, I guess. Their winter break will be shortened and the players will probably be one out for the following club games. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, it makes a lot of sense. I never considered it that way. Um, I I just, I don't think, uh, similar to what Brendan mentioned, I don't think things will be too different for the players and the spectators, if there will be spectators given the COVID-19 situation um, because winter temperatures in Qatar are close to summer in some colder climates and a lot of clubs go to Qatar or its neighboring countries for their winter training cup uh, training campaigns so I believe the teams will easily adapt to the conditions there mm-hmm. but definitely it'll be quite different for us to watch the World Cup in winter at least for those of us who live in the northern part of China China, where there are four seasons. There will be no more late nights. Uh, That's because of the time difference, first of all. And I think more people will watch the games at home as opposed to getting together in pubs Mm -hmm. to enjoy the games with snacks and drinks. Uh, One reason is because of COVID-19. And also, I think the cold weather will stop many people from stepping out of the comfort of their home or their beds. 
to watch the World Cup games. <laughs> yes, I agree. From a fan's point of view, watching the World Cup games when the weather is cold would be weird experience. I guess the habits or the lifestyle of hanging out with friends to watch the World Cup would also change with Qatar 2022. Um, fans often go to bars, enjoy cold beers and the crayfish. This time, it could be switching to watch the games in front of a boiling hot pot,、um, <laughs> or while taking a comfortable hot spring bath. Well, at least I would look forward to these leisure options this winter while following the World Cup. Yeah, and at least one good thing is that there will be no more late nights for us. Yes, some kickoff time would be like 8 p.m., 9 p.m. That'd be very friendly. Okay, with that, we will wrap up this episode of Sideline Story. For more information, you can also check our website, radio.cgtn.com. See you next time at Sideline Story. <laughs>